0: A lot of questions are being asked right now about report cards. Now that kids all the way up to grade nine will no longer be getting letter grades in BC. And this is a wave of kind of new thinking when it comes to education and curriculum about how it's beneficial to kids to not necessarily get letter grades, but it's one of many trends in education. And that's something we're going to talk to our Scott Shantz about this morning. Scott, I'm so glad you've been looking into this because I feel like parents are asking a lot of questions, but just like everything else, education is also subject to things that are trendy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, And it's one of these things that in so many ways kind of runs parallel to whatever else is happening in in society. And there's always, especially at this time of your conversations around, oh, your child got this teacher. So that means your class is going to be really artsy or your child got this teacher and she's really stern. And maybe this school, like I know when I lived in East Van, there was like this certain catchment that everybody wanted to be in because it meant you got to go to that school where they do this totally different so true. style of learning, so true. you know? And it's like, what's the bar? Is there a bar anymore? Or do we just like, it's it totally up to the teachers. And well, it's all, it's all fluid.
0: I remember, I also remember 20 years ago, it was very trendy to go to quote, traditional schools. Mm-hmm. Like, what did that mean? Um, you know, there was a, and I use this example all the time because it had affected my kids, but not learning cursive. Oh, we don't need cursive. Well, now it turns out we do need cursive. So yeah, kids are
1: subjected to this kind of stuff. Oh yeah. And it it's rampant and it's It's everywhere. And uh, yeah, so I wanted to like know a little bit more about it. There's all sorts of things that are cut like AI. How's that going to affect the classroom? Right. So I got in touch with Mona Gleason. She's the department head of educational studies at UBC, and she's also a historian of education and children in Canada. So she's been looking into this stuff uh, for a long time. And I sort of asked her, you know, to explain to me like, uh, or, or just to speak in general to this idea that like evolution evolves and curriculum evolves alongside our society and here is what she had to say
2: Yeah, sure I mean I think that that classrooms reflect a number of forces um, and tensions and opportunities uh, they reflect... Um, first of all, often what is sort of going on in the world and questions or challenges that are happening in the world and and um, really serious questions were were and are reflected in school curriculum in the way teachers are trained in the way students are um, sort of uh, you know advised and and. Um, Curriculum pedagogy essentially is is um, very reflective of what's going on in the world. I mean, the other part of it, though, is that, you know, there are public schooling systems do reflect the interests of, um, you know, government, of governing bodies. So, you know, um, pardon me, in Canada, of course, education is provincially um, mandated. So. Provinces will often have, um, you know, sort of their own kind of take on what priorities they want to see coming out of public education. Um, So, you know, society writ large has a great deal to do with priorities in schools. Those who govern schools have a great deal of say in in what happens in schools. And I would say, um, you know, parents and families also have, have say in how schools and schooling unfolds and I think that is the case probably more so now than it was in the past I would argue. I would argue that over time we've seen an increase in um, a sensitivity to the the needs and the ideas and the, the desires of family. One of the other things that
1: I've seen and I've, I've sort of heard about uh, a catchment for a particular school that does a a different style of learning based on kids interests. And then at other places they Mm -hmm. kind of follow like, um, you know, like, Oh, you're in this grade because of this age. And, you know, sometimes they do like classrooms outdoors, which is a thing that like I talked to someone about last week, it feels really fluid despite it being this sort of like institution that we've had forever.
2: You're really hitting on what is um, quite a sort of a 21st century, approach to schooling. Um, you know, the fact that schools do have, um, you know, they do, they do have rules, quote unquote. I mean, there is a provincial curriculum that, that, um, that, that school districts need to ensure is being followed or at least being satisfied. Um, there's also administrators who have, you know, some are, are, um, very involved in, in, in how, classrooms operate and other administrators are not that involved in how classrooms operate. They, they trust their educators or their, their teachers to, to do their thing. There's also, you know, an increasing demand for um, you know, sort of bespoke programs or choice programs, parents and families who want to um, see if there is a schooling approach that really resonates with their child who may have learning challenges. Or who may have a particular, you know, may be gifted in a particular area, all of that choice, all of those what feels like kind of individualized programs—that's a fairly newish phenomenon.
1: Now, okay, I'm going to ask you about something that I think everyone is like: What are we going to do with this? Talk about how AI is going to change learning and the classroom.
2: Right. Oh, the Chat GPT. Everyone. Right. Is, everyone is. It's freaking out about well, that. Well, are they? And, like, is the, know, are schools well, freaking out over it? And I, you know, when it first came out, you know, some some months ago, there was a ripple, absolutely, across the, the systems of education and other, and other systems. You know, what does this mean? Does this mean that people are just going to be able to type in a sentence and get a paper spewed out? It, it's a tool in the same way that Google is a tool. Now, it might be more sophisticated than Google, but it won't replace the student and teacher dynamic, it doesn't necessarily offer a, a platform for people to explore their own, like their, their creativity in, in terms of assignments, in terms of building courses, um, you know, from the educator's perspective. So I have, for example, in the courses that I teach at UBC, I have a little kind of um, uh, section of my course outline that says, you know, chat, GPT, and other AI programs are just like any other source in the world. Um, you need to be critical. You need to approach it and understand it. Play, you need to play around with it and get to know it. But ultimately, it can't replace your own thoughts, your mm-hmm. own work, your own words. We'd be foolish to just stick our heads in the sand and say, oh, this is you know, too scary. Um, educators have, have risen to the, the challenge of incredible educational technologies. AI is 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 just another it's another interesting and intriguing kind of way to think about what kind of knowledge really matters to us as a community of people, what constitutes an educated person. Like those are the big questions that AI actually helps us to ask. Those are questions we need to be asking ourselves all the time because education is very dynamic. It doesn't, it doesn't stay in one place. What do we want our um our system to, to to be
1: accomplishing? That's Mona Gleason. She's the department head of educational studies at UBC and a historian in education and children in Canada. Simi, yes. what do we constitute as an educated person?
0: That's a really interesting question. I, I love I love the idea though that there are trends in education. And that was, you know, sometimes we roll them, sometimes they hang around, sometimes they don't. Sure. And maybe that's how we need to view this whole report card experiment thing, although it's going to be hard on kids. So I get why that's a concern. I was also reading, you talked about ChatGPT. I read about an American university where the admissions team spent the entire summer, Scott, feeding information into ChatGPT to try to create example college application essays so that they could perhaps recognize what they're going to be Receiving from wow. students in the
1: in the year ahead. See, I think I think of that, and I'm like, what a ridiculous waste of time, right? But they have to.
0: They want to see what ChatGPT is going to create, so if they can recognize the pattern, if they if they can see that somebody has applied to their school using ChatGPT, sure. they can be like, you know what, lazy, we're not going but, that students out.
1: But uh, this thing isn't going away it's going to be the norm how about you find the kid who used chat GPT to write the best essay and and then think that how this is the person who's going to incorporate chat gpt the best and be able to like adapt it to the learning the learning cuz that's what we need to do it's Maybe not going away
0: that's the future of the future of learning. Maybe that's the future. You're not quite there yet. You're doing like a back to the future thing. You're way ahead of it, everybody. I'm getting there because I need to invest, Simi. That's why. To, <laughs> you <need to>. Thank <laughs> you for that, Scott. So interesting. If you want to weigh in, Simi at cknw.com.